We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at RandallRant, and you are listening to the Fantasy Football Beat, a Rotoviz podcast. Each week, I am joined by an NFL beat reporter or analyst who's going to break down one of the biggest games in the NFL slate. And on this week's show, our guest is Arif Hassan, who covers the Vikings for the Athletic Minnesota. You can follow him on Twitter at Arif Hassan NFL. In this episode, he's going to be previewing the critical playoff battle between the Minnesota Vikings and the Miami Dolphins. We'll talk about how the Vikings offense will change under new offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski, how the passing game will try to get Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen going again, and just how this Vikings defense will stop the Miami offense, which has seen a resurgence under quarterback Ryan Tannehill. After the conversation with Arif, I'll take a few minutes to recap what we discussed and use some of the Rotoviz apps to dive deeper into the game. For those of you who don't know, Rotoviz is a sports data analytics site that publishes over a thousand articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. Please go to rotoviz.com to check out the site. For this game, the Vikings are favored by seven and a half points. They're the home favorite with a minus 105 money line. There is a 44.5 over under on the game. This is a critical game for the Vikings and the Dolphins playoff chances. It could could possibly knock one of them out and propel the other one into the playoffs this year. So let's get right to it now and hear what Arif has to say about the game.
Please welcome to the show Arif Hassan, who covers the Vikings for the Athletic Minnesota. You can follow him on Twitter at Arif Hassan NFL. He joins us here for a few minutes to preview the upcoming Week 15 battle between the Minnesota Vikings and the Miami Dolphins. Arif, thanks so much for joining us today. How you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. No problem. Let's start with that Monday night game. It was a very odd game between the Vikings and the Seahawks. It was a huge battle between two teams who were really fighting for the playoffs. It was 3 nothing heading into the fourth quarter. Vikings were behind by three, looking to make a big push in that fourth quarter. And then things sort of fell apart there for Minnesota. It ended up being the last straw for offensive coordinator John Filippo, who was fired this week. You've had tough back-to-back games at New England and at Seattle. But it does sound like this move has been brewing for quite some time. Yeah, well, it sounds like there was certainly tension uh, in the building about the way that the play calling was going. And I think a lot of that tension would, you know, go away if they'd been able to score points um, because it feels like very often some of the criticisms were at odds with each other. Uh, so sometimes, you know, maybe he's running the ball not enough or maybe, uh, you know, DeFilippo is, is getting too cute. He has too expansive of a playbook or maybe it's too predictable, which is kind of the opposite thing. Um, but, you know, there, there, were, there were definitely, you know, remarks that kind of, if you read between the lines and it didn't take too much reading, um, you could see the tension was building in the building. And it's not so much that uh, they were going to, uh, you know, definitely get rid of DeFilippo. I think that, you know, if the Vikings were out of the playoff hunt, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they kept him. Uh, but Zimmer said uh, in the opening presser uh, the, the day they let go of DeFilippo uh, that they felt like they needed to make a change while they were still in the playoff hunt so that they wouldn't have a wasted season. Arif, sort of a side question here. You know, there's been issues here with Mike Zimmer. Of course, he had Norv Turner. Norv Turner led midseason. And now Filippo. Are you hearing anything in terms of that relationship w- with Zimmer? I think he's a very polarizing guy. His supporters are very are very strong. But is there any issue you see there? Or maybe we're reading too much into it? Um, I think that it's, it's a little bit too easy to read into it. I think that most of what we see is kind of speculation that he's difficult to work with combined with the fact that we know that he's got kind of an abrasive personality, at least an outward-facing abrasive personality, and that it took some time for him to get hired because of, you know, kind of how blunt he was in interviews with owners. You combine all of that, it's very easy to, to come to the conclusion that, you know, offensive coordinators have left, right? Uh, or that, you know, he's very difficult to work with as an offensive coordinator. Um, but there's no evidence, direct evidence, that I think supports that. We don't know that, for example, he had a contentious relationship with Turner were DeFilippo. In fact, much of the contrary, it, it must, uh, the reports are that uh, his relationship with Norv Turner was actually very, very close and that, uh, you know, Norv Turner's decision to resign, which is distinct, of course, from a decision to fire him, um, uh, not only apparently came as a surprise to Zimmer, but was also an extremely, personally, very difficult time for Zimmer. Uh, add in the fact that no one else has, uh, you know, has been let go uh, over the course of, of Zimmer's tenure, which I think is um, it's not unusual, but it's also not common. Um, I, I think that there's more evidence that he's actually probably easier to collaborate with as a coach than difficult. It just so happens that the two offensive coordinators that were fired were also, you know, 28th and, and or not two that were fired, but two that were let go uh, in some manner, whether it's resignation or, or, or firing. Uh, we're also like 28th or 18th or, or, or performing well below expectations offensively. Fair enough. And now we look ahead to the Vikings and the Dolphins. Of course, the injury report here as we head into this game, there's definite playoff chances on the line here. So the injuries could play a a key role. Of course, with the Vikings, I'm going to think you're going to talk about cornerback Trey Waynes and, of course, tight end David Morgan, who's been gone since week five, the loss to New Orleans. There's optimism he may return as well, correct? Uh, Yeah, there is. Um, I think there's optimism for both of them. I mean, Trey Waynes was on the concussion protocol and very often, if you if you miss the first week because of the concussion protocol, you'll be in there uh, the second week. Um, there's there's generally a pretty short timeline to return there. 
Um, as for David Morgan, um, the Vikings uh, anticipated that it was even possible uh, that that he'd be available last week. So, um, which you know wasn't probable, but it was possible. And so I think that that speaks well to his availability in this game. And that's that's really important because the Vikings, of course, are, are very thin uh, at tight end. You know, he's not much of a pass catcher, um, but he does help the running game a lot. He's a tremendously good blocker. Uh, and, and that could uh, provide some sort of ancillary benefits down the road. You know, I find when there's a change in an offensive or, or defensive coordinator, there always seems to be a little bit of a boost just because change, you know, people a little unsettled. Um, and I think that certainly with Kevin Stefanski coming in, I, I would think that he'd want to sort of change some things in the passing game or at least look to get Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs a, a little more involved because certainly they're explosive. Thielen, of course, had the run of 100-yard games earlier this year. So what are you hearing and how do you think the offense, particularly the passing attack, is going to look uh, against the Dolphins on Sunday? Well, I can only speculate. I don't think that there's much leaking out in terms of how they expect the offense to change. Uh, of course, you know, when you when you put them on the podium, you know, people like Stefanski or, or Cousins will say, you know, hey, we don't have very much time to, to change the offense. We're going to rely on, you know, the stuff that we know we don't really have that much time but then you take a look at you know what freddie kitchens did uh with cleveland and you know that you can make some pretty big changes without changing the core offense just by virtue of play calling um so i would imagine that we're going to see you know things like a lot more play action we know cousins is very comfortable with that but the vikings rank you know among the league uh bottom in in play action usage uh and so i wouldn't be surprised if that was a way to try and open up adam Thielen's on Diggs. like you mentioned they're both really explosive. Uh, and it's interesting, you know, talking about getting them more involved because uh, they're like the most involved two offensive players in any offense over the course of the season. But these last couple of weeks, we've seen a dip in their production, uh, sometimes in response to what the defenses are doing and sometimes just kind of as a result of uh, just generally kind of what's been happening uh, on, 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 the, on the offensive play calling side. So I would imagine a return to seeing them engage in explosive intermediate to deep plays and less uh, kind of yards after the catch screen type plays because they haven't been very successful for either Thielen or Diggs uh, in, in sort of the recent past. And of course, Thielen had the eight consecutive games of 100 receiving yards or more, and he's only cracked that threshold once in the last five games. So I, I certainly think that that's going to be a key. And you talked about those short to intermediate routes. Listen, when Dalvin Cook is on the field, he is productive, and I think it does change the offense. He has two touchdowns in his last three games. He got the one at the end of the game against Seattle. He's a huge weapon out of the backfield. And even with some of the offensive line struggles, I would expect his opportunity to share to dramatically increase over these last three games. Yeah, I think so. I mean, when one of the major criticisms coming from the head coach of the of the recently departed offensive coordinator is that, you know, they don't run the ball that much, I would expect the new offensive coordinator to run the ball a little bit more. Um, just, you know, by happenstance, it'd, it'd be good for job security. Um, and when you've got Dalvin Cook, who, you know, ranks, I think, like seventh or eighth in terms of PFF's elusive rating, um, you know that you've got somebody who can create even when the blocking isn't all that great for him. I mean, that's kind of been the story of his career going all the way back to Florida State. Uh, and so finding ways to get him in space, obviously that's been very effective for the Vikings. That's where I think both of those touchdowns came from. Uh, and then also just finding ways to, to run him, not just to the outside, but also uh, to see kind of what penetration you can get on the inside. Um, so I think we'll see a, a, a large uh, touch share for Dalvin Cook. Um, there haven't been that many carries for him over the past couple of weeks, but he has had a pretty high touch share. Uh, in this offense, because you're right, you know, the Vikings know that when they have him on the field, uh, he can really kind of alter the geometry of the defense in a way that's really favorable for them. 
Sure. And looking at playerprofiler.com, his elusive rating, you're right, you're right there is number two among all running backs. So, uh, missed tackles per touch. Dalvin Cook is, is right at the top. Uh, Miami only comes in with 22 sacks on the season. So they are the, the second lowest total in the NFL. So I would think that the Vikings offense would have time to put some points up on the board. Now, if we look at the Vikings defense, uh, Minnesota is stout against the run, of course, allowing the third fewest rushing yards per game. They are struggling against the pass. Right now, they're ranking 25th. So the Miami, Miami offense offense certainly is different with Ryan Tannehill back there. The key, of course, is if you can put pressure there on, on that quarterback. I'm hearing that Tannehill is, is leaning towards playing, and certainly I think getting that pressure is going to be key in terms of a defensive scheme for the game on Sunday. Yeah, for sure. I think that uh, when we talk about kind of you know, the Vikings offense versus the Miami defense and that aspect of creating pressure, um, there is going to be a concern O'Neal might miss the game. Um, that's their newly promoted right tackle as a rookie from the second round, and he's been playing a lot better uh, then Rashad Hill, who is a, a, a very good backup tackle, but is still a backup tackle. Uh, and so he'll be lining up against Cameron Wake on, I think, 55% of snaps or something like that. And Wake, you know, kind of despite the, the struggles that the rest of the Miami uh, defense has been having in generating pressure, Wake has still found ways to be productive at like 36 years old. So that's a concern. But I think that you're right. Primarily, this will be uh, an offense that's going to see a lot less pressure than they're typically used to. Uh, they're very often getting something like 40% pressure. Uh, and in this game, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that dipped, uh, you know, pretty well below that. Um, that said, it's still going to be kind of a concern from, from moment to moment because that Vikings offensive line has a way of making defensive lines look good. Uh, aside from that, I think on the other side of the ball, um, you know, Everson Griffin's been very up and down since his return from, uh, the mental illness break that he took. Uh, and, you know, he's been rusty in some games. He's been explosive and productive in other games. And in, in the game against Russell Wilson, you know, he had some difficulties containing, uh, you know, Wilson on the outside, cheating to the inside a little bit too often. Um, but he has found ways into the backfield. Whether or not that's been effective is kind of a different question. But I think if, if Tannehill returns and he's not, you know, completely mobile or anything like that, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of opportunity still for, for Griffin to generate. We know that Dino Hunter is a phenomenal pass rusher. We know that for a nose tackle, Linval Joseph is surprisingly effective, and Sheldon Richardson's been having a really high-level season. So I expect them to be able to pull out of pressure without blitzing all that often, uh, just given that even though Miami's offensive line has improved over the past couple of years, uh, that it's still kind of not where it needs to be uh, in terms of pass protection uh, when you've got a quarterback like Tannehill. Yeah, I think that's absolutely the key to, to Sunday's game. Arif, we appreciate a few minutes here. Just one more and then we'll get you out of here. Uh, this is a playoff battle. Right now, the Vikings are sitting sixth, six, six and one. Dolphins are at seven, seven and six, certainly in the hunt as well in the AFC. This is a big game for the Vikings because after this, they have two division games at Detroit and Chicago. So I'm looking for a prediction here. How do you think it's going to be? Are the Vikings going to snap this uh, two game losing streak and, and start heading in the right direction on Sunday against Miami? Yeah, I think they will, um, especially because, uh, you know, they get to play at home. Uh, so uh, I, I would say that, you know, whatever the spread is, I would imagine actually uh, with the new offensive coordinator, I wouldn't be surprised if they covered it. Um, I would expect the Vikings to be able to put, especially given how kind of up and down Xavier Howard is, uh, to put up around 30 points, whereas the Dolphins, I don't think, have the ability to put up more than 25. Uh, and so I would say, you know, my prediction is probably somewhere around 31 to 24, something like that.
Yeah, that well, that's right on. I'll tell you, the spread is seven. So <laughs> that's it. That's it right there. Perfect. That's exactly right. I, I I appreciate it, folks. That's Arif Hassan. Fantastic follow here. Writes for the Athletic Minnesota. Please follow him on Twitter at Arif Hassan NFL. We appreciate a few minutes here. You know, in the fantasy football world, Arif, this is sort of a big time right now as well in the NFL, mm-hmm. certainly for the playoff push. So the interests align here, and certainly we'll be watching on Sunday. Certainly. Thanks for having me. That was Arif Hassan, who covers the Vikings for The Athletic Minnesota. Please follow him on Twitter, at Arif Hassan NFL. In just a moment, I'm going to dive deeper into what we discuss using some of the many apps on rotoviz.com. But just a quick reminder that you can support the Rotoviz Radio Network and our 10 shows per week on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Live, which is our weekly Sunday morning video show where we answer all your fantasy questions. Patronships start at just $6 per month and provide exclusive access to Rotoviz Live. That's four shows per month on top of the 40 podcasts for just $6. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners, access our premium content, and do your part in helping the network to grow and continue to produce the high-quality, industry-leaning programming you have come to expect. Please remember Rotoviz Radio on Patreon. We thank Arif Hassan from the Athletic Minnesota for joining us here in the Fantasy Football Beat for Week 15. And this Vikings-Dolphins game is really essential, not just for both teams in the playoffs, but also the fantasy football world. You right now are in your fantasy playoffs. You're looking to get into the fantasy championship and win yourself a title this year. This is exactly the type of game that's going to be critical to that because you have a Vikings team who is reeling, coming home, and has really struggled with a brand new offensive coordinator going against a hot Dolphins team that has really moved things in the right direction, gotten back on track, and have themselves looking at a playoff berth. So you're going to have two teams here with a lot to play for who are really going to be focusing on winning this game, and their defensive schemes are going to be essential. So using some of the Rotobiz apps, I'm going to start with the Game Splits app here. And certainly Stefan Diggs is someone who is going to be very polarizing. There's a lot of people out there who get frustrated. He has the big play potential, but he's off injured. And a lot of times he's eliminated from the game plan. Now you're going to play Stefan Diggs, but as you're sitting there and you're preparing your lineups and what you should be doing is trying to estimate how many points you think you're going to get from each position. Don't go by what the experts say. Go by what you think is going to happen and use some of our apps here on Rotovis. The first one is the Game Splits app and I'm going to take a look at Stefan Diggs this year. In the games that he has played at home this season, he is averaging 5.6 receptions per game, 8.6 targets, and 57 point eight yards. Those numbers are not exactly wide receiver numbers. That's not what you're going to want to see. So I would taper expectations with digs. I think you may have to go with a wide receiver three who maybe has some more upside in in order to offset what I think could be a tough game here against Xavier Howard. In the games on the road, Diggs is averaging 8.57 receptions, so about th- about three more per game. He's averaging 11.7 targets, again, over three more targets per game, and a whopping 89.4 yards on the road. So we're talking about a different player. So Stefan Diggs here is probably not going to be that wide receiver one that you need this week. The hope is that Adam Thielen will. 
Thielen has been much more consistent of the two wide receivers. He had the eight games in a row of 100 yards receiving or more. And so far this year, take a look at this. In the home games, Thielen averaging 22.3 PPR points per game, 21.3 on the road, 8.3 receptions at home, 7.6 on the road, 11.5 targets, 10.6 targets on the road, and the yardage is amazing, 96.7 yards at home and 93.7 yards on the road road. So those are the key numbers. I think Thielen is going to be higher in terms of PPR points this week than Diggs. I think you can expect that. I think you should absolutely get a solid wide receiver one performance from Thielen. But for Diggs, I would not count on that. I think you may have to offset him with some other wide receivers. The key player that Arif and I talked about here for the Vikings is going to be running back Dalvin Cook. Now, Cook, of course, has been besieged by injuries, but when he's on the field, he has been performing. And if you look at his last three weeks against Green Bay, New England, and Seattle, and listen, in those last two games, the Vikings have certainly struggled. Cook is having a very solid opportunity share, and he's getting solid production. So we're looking at 76 total yards against the Packers, 106 total yards against New England, and 83 total yards against Seattle. He's got two touchdowns in each of those games, and he's had an RB17 or better PPR performance in both of those games. So I think you start Dalvin Cook with confidence. If you can only start two running backs, I think you have to put him in there. And certainly, he is a fantastic flex option this week against the Miami Dolphins. One of the other apps we can use here is the Team Splits app, which allows you to look at team performances when a player plays and when they do not play. So let's take a look at Miami. Now, we talked about how they've been much better with Ryan Tannehill, and that is true. The offense has been clicking the last few weeks. Now, it's worth noting that he has been back for three games, and the three games he's been back for are Indianapolis, Buffalo, and New England. What's important is that two of those games have been home. In those games, Tannehill against Indianapolis had 204 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Against Buffalo, 137 passing yards, three touchdowns, only one interception. And last week against New England, he was great, super efficient, completed 74% of his passes, 265 passing yards, and three touchdowns with no interceptions. However, if you look at the team splits app, in the four games this year, on the road that Ryan Tannehill has played, the team has not done that well. They've only averaged 17 points. He has 1.5 passing touchdowns, 0.75 interceptions per game, and over only 173 passing yards. They do have 108 rushing yards. So I do not project Ryan Tannehill to have a big game here in Minnesota. And listen, you know, Minnesota's defense is tough, but you may want to think twice about putting some of those Dolphins offensive players out there. Kenny Stills has been hot the last few games. Stills is somebody the fantasy community really liked earlier in the season and did not produce there for a while, but he does have three touchdowns in his last two weeks against Buffalo and New England, but again, those came at home. And if you go back to Indianapolis, he only had six receiving yards, no touchdowns, and one reception. So Kenny Stills is not somebody you can trust. I don't think you can trust Devontae Parker. If you have to pick somebody, I guess you have to pick Kenyon Drake, but he's splitting carries with Frank Gore, of course, in the backfield. So if you want somebody who's consistent, I don't know. Kenyon Drake, of course, has the big playability, but let's look at old man Frank Gore. Frank Gore, whether he's home or away, he's averaging 56 rushing yards home, 52 rushing yards away. You know he's probably going to get the goal line touches if they get in close. So 
Honestly, if you're stuck between Frank Gore and Kenyon Drake, I think Drake's chance of bombing is much higher than Gore's. If you had to play someone like a flex, I guess you could do a lot worse than Frank Gore. He's not getting a lot in the passing game. It's only two receiving targets on the road per game. But I don't think that this is a, a team that you can trust with these offensive playmakers going to Minnesota. I certainly would not start Tannehill with his averages. I think you bench Kenny Stills, Devontae Parker. You know how frustrated as fantasy owners we have been with him. And if you had to pick a running back, I'm not rolling with Kenyon Drake. I'm not rolling with the person who over the last five weeks, Kenyon Drake, has been the RB32 in PPR, the RB43, then the RB4 against Indianapolis, then the RB27, and last week the RB33. I'm not going with him. I'll take the consistency of Frank Gore and hope you can get something. But, of course, if you really have a choice, I would avoid, avoid playing all Dolphins players. And on the Vikings side of the ball, I do like Adam Thielen more than Stefan Diggs. Dalvin Cook, I think, is a fantastic play. And as far as Kirk Cousins, Cousins has been pretty consistent throughout the year. 22.7 fantasy points at home, 23.9 fantasy points on the road. He throws a few more touchdowns on the road than he does at home, but the yardage is certainly consistent. So I think you're safely starting Kirk Cousins if you want, and you're avoiding the Dolphins quarterback. As far as defenses, I told you there, we started talking with Arif that the Dolphins are second worst in the league with sacks only with 22, so you're certainly not starting them. And I think you can fire up the Vikings defense if you have to with total confidence. As far as a pick on this game, I agree with Arif. I think this is a big win for the Vikings. You saw the numbers, only 17 points per game average on the road for the Dolphins with Tannehill, and now they're going to go against a Vikings team that needs a win in the worst way at home. It's just not a good spot. I will gladly, gladly give the 7.5 with the Vikings. I would take them on the money line and on on the over-under of 44.5, I agree with Arif. I think we're looking at at least 30 points here for the Vikings. Could even have some defensive points coming up there as well. So I'll take the over at 44.5. Give me a big win for the Vikings, 35-14 for the Vikings here to keep their hold on the sixth-place spot in the NFC playoff picture. And I think that they will have a big win here against the Miami Dolphins. And if you have Vikings at home, play them because that will help you get to your fantasy championship. That's going to do it for the fantasy football beat this week, week 15. It's been a fantastic season. We have one more week left. We'll be back next week in week 16 for the fantasy football championship weeks, previewing one of the huge games for you here to help you bring home the gold and bring home that belt. Please remember to follow us at Rotoviz Radio. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Mike Randall. Please follow me on Twitter at Randall Rant and good luck in your fantasy playoff matchups. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Beat, a Rotoviz podcast. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion.
This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.